need stories to make sense of our lives. And uh, one philosopher kind of put it this way. Say, picture yourself uh, at the counter at Butcher Boy. You're buying your steaks for your cookout. And somebody comes up behind you and says, the name of the common mallard, the Latin name, is Annas Platterhenkos. <laughs> that makes no sense. You don't even know if that's true. But it makes no sense unless you have a story to put that into. Now, the story might be this person is crazy and they're just saying these things and that's a story that could make sense of that or another story might be that maybe that person was over by uh, Lake Kachikawik and looking at mallards the other day and mistook you for somebody who was having a conversation about common mallards that would make sense but perhaps the story is that person is a foreign spy and they think you're a secret agent, and they've just given you the code words to their mission. So you need to have a story. That interaction only makes sense in light of the, the bigger story. What was it? Maybe even when you got here. Say you come to this uh, great outdoor service, you put your chair down, and the person next to you moves their chair away. What's the story you tell yourself there? Like, did... Did I offend that person? Did I just put my chair where they wanted their friends to sit and I'm clearly not their friend? Or maybe you think, oh, I look sick, don't I? And I didn't sleep well last night. I know I don't look my best and that person thinks I'm sick and they're getting away. Or maybe you realize that person has heard you sing before and they want as much distance as they can from you uh, based on their past experience. Whatever the story is you tell yourself helps to make sense of the interaction. The question for us today is what is the story in which your whole life fits into? So in order for your life to make sense, it needs to fit into a bigger story. When you get up in the morning and you accomplish the things you're gonna do in the day, what, what was the greater purpose? What, where does that fit into all things? When you, why do you work where you work? Why are you married or not married or choosing to stay married or not? Like, why do you make these decisions in life? To do the things you do, to, to go to a church service, where does that, what story does that fit into? My hope for us today at this gathering is that this will be a launching point for us. We're launching into a season of ministry in our church. But even if you're just visiting today, and you're just maybe just checking out the church or you're with a friend, that this would be a launching for you into your next season of life. And we're going to be asking that question, where do, what story does my life fit into? Because we believe that your story can fit into God's great story. And that's exactly what this passage that was just read for us is all about. We're going to look at that together. Let's pray. God, in these few moments we have together as we focus on your word, we can focus on you in any place, in any time, but on this beautiful day, in this type of a gathering, in a special way, we pray your blessing that we might receive whatever you desire for us to hear. We do believe that you are a good God, that your love is indeed great as we have just sung. And we pray that we might re receive what you have and that we would respond to you in faith, Lord. We thank you for every opportunity, and we especially thank you for this opportunity in this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this passage of Scripture is from Ephesians chapter 2. And actually, if you have a phone and you want to follow along 
you can go to a Bible app or open a, a thing. You might want to follow some of these verses. I'll read them for you. But basically, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to this church in Ephesus. This is one of the early Christian leaders writing to the early Christians. And he said, look, God has this grand story. So chapter one of his letter, he said, God, this story started before anything was even created. This is, a, this is God's cosmic story, and it's all about him bringing unity to all things in, in heaven and earth. And it's all about God creating a perfect and unified world. And God is doing that. And he said, your story, now here in chapter 2, your story fits into this. Here's where your story starts. It starts with death. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were, by nature, deserving of wrath. Essentially, he's saying, look, because of sin, which is a problem for everybody, you are dead. You're spiritually dead. You're separated from God. When you are separated from God, all you have is evil spiritual forces in your own heart and your own desires to guide you. Now, some people might say, that's, I don't know about the evil forces thing, but I follow my heart. That's how I live my life. I don't need God. I don't need any religion. I don't need any of this stuff. I do what I think is right and what I think is best, and that's a, a very good and free way to live your life. And that sounds fine, except here, if you put that into God's story, that just ends in death and destruction. That is not a, a, just a good and free path. Your story can be so much better and so much more than that. And life is very fragile. You don't know how many days you have to just live and follow your heart. You're, we, we know. We celebrate, uh, as Chrissy prayed, remembering events like 9-11. We see how fragile human life can be. But your story can be so much more. So if your starting point is, is death, the teaching here is that there's a turning point. And we see this in verse 4. It says, but God, but because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. He says, look, you've been brought from death to life because of Jesus. Jesus gets death, you get life. And when you put your faith in that, when your story aligns with that, then you get a whole new position. You get elevated to a new spiritual life. You can truly live. And that's the turning point, but then there's an ending point. The ending point is that when you enter that, your life then becomes a demonstration of God's grace. That your life reveals what God has done to the world. Verse 6 says, God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that, here's the ending point, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Your life can demonstrate the grace of God. So we are part of that story. We're, we're part of God's great cosmic story of, of making the world perfect and unified. And he's brought us into that. He says here, verse 8, It is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works, 
so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So his, when his grace transforms us, we're not just walking around just doing, following our heart and doing what we think is best. We are now doing the very things that the God of the universe has created you for. He's prepared you for. You're his workmanship to do these good things. And it's not just what you want, but it's what the God who made you, what he desires and what he wants. And I want to stop right here and say, is that your story? Is your story part of God's great story? And if you say, no, I don't think so, or no, I'm not sure, what I, what I say to you is, please, do this Alpha course that Norbert's talking about. If you're unsure or you want to be reassured that that's my story is part of God's story, then that's the place to explore that. But for many of you here, you say, yes, that is my story. By faith, I've received new life from God because of what Jesus has done. And I want to live these good things that he's prepared for me. That's what we're going to focus on as a church today, this, this season, this fall. And really going to use two words to describe how we're going to focus on this. It's glorify and edify. Glorify and edify. And so let's start with edify. We think about our place in the, in the story we have a role to edify. Edify means to build up. So as a church, we're not going to gather together and say, you know, what? how do we get the most out of life? What can we get out of this? We, if we understand our story in light of God's story, we're going to gather together and say, what can I give? What can I contribute to what God is doing in this world? Because he has designed us for these good works that will edify and build up others. Because we are God's handiwork, as it says, or God's workmanship. This beautiful Greek word, poema, where we get our word poem. We are, we are God's unique creation, his artistic masterpiece. Each created individually and beautifully to contribute to what he's doing to build others up. So we're going to spend the next five weeks as we gather back at the church focused on how has God shaped me? How has God made me? And how can I live this out as my story intersects with God's story? So if you are someone who's uh, looking for a church that's going to uh, meet your needs and serve you and bless you, the free Christian church may or may not be the right place for you. But if you're looking to connect with a community where you will learn to be a blessing to your world the way God has designed you, then this is the place for you. We want you to join with us. We're going to spend five weeks Considering how God has shaped us. SHAPE is an acronym that we'll be using that we've was, uh, we learned from another church. S-H-A-P-E. S is your spiritual gifts. This is the supernatural power of God given to everyone who believes uh, with specific gifts that you can use to edify others. H in SHAPE is your heart, your passions. There's things that you're passionate about in your life that maybe other people aren't as passionate about. But God has given you that heart. He's given you those passions that you can, that with the gifts he gives you, you're going to use those to serve and to edify. A in shape is your abilities, your natural God-given abilities that you were born with. Much like these, these amazing musicians. They were great today. And it, I love how God has given them abilities. Some of us are garbage at music and tone deaf. If you were garbage at music and tone deaf before you met Jesus, 
That may not change. Because you weren't born with those abilities, perhaps. It could. But we all have but you do have abilities that you can use, not someone else's, that you're gonna use to serve others, to edify. The P in shape is personality. God has wired us all differently. Some of us are more extroverted. Some are more introverted. We all just are wired different to be morning people, night people, whatever your personality is, that God wants to use that as part of how he's shaped you. In the E in shape, the, the, the fifth week, we're going to talk about experiences, that God has given you the experiences of your life, the good experiences, the, even the bad experiences, even traumatic experiences, that God will not waste one shred of your life experiences, that he wants to redeem them and use them. That is all of how he has shaped you to live your life, your story, in light of his story, to build up, to edify others. If, if what I'm saying resonates with you and you say, you know what, I want that, we have an opportunity. We're going to have a shape course Thursday nights, 630. It's online. And so you don't, even have, you don't even have to commute. Just log into the meeting, and Pastor Dan is going to be teaching for the next five weeks this S-H-A-P-E, this shape. And we're going to be preaching about it on the Sundays. It starts this Thursday night, 6.30. We have room in the class left. Encourage you to contact Pastor Dan from the website. Take the shape class. Uh, but as we live out our shape, the way God has uniquely made us, his handiwork, his craftsmanship, stop there. It edifies others, but it glorifies God. Edify, glorify. Or to put it another way, it makes God look really good when broken people do good things. It shows his amazing grace that he would use any one of us for his glory. It magnifies God. It glorifies him. Or as verse 7 says, it shows the incomparable riches of his grace. God is glorified. And as we live out our story in light of his big story, we, uh, we, we know that we need to glorify God. So after we finish all this shape stuff, we're going to focus the season on how do we glorify God in deeper and more meaningful ways with our lives. So we're going to be focusing on prayer and worship and ways that we glorify God. And even in this letter, when Paul's writing in chapter 3, when he concludes this part of his writing to this church, he says this, Ephesians 3.20, he says, to him, to God, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Our story, your story our role in that is to bring glory to God in our generation, in our day. And we seek to do that in deeper and more meaningful ways. So we're going to do a whole teaching series, a sermon series, on what it means to worship the God of all in all of life. Now, it's easy to worship God when on a beautiful day, beautiful people, beautiful music, and there was, a, there was a hawk flying in the sky around us, and all the easy, to, very natural to worship God. But how do I worship God in all of life? In all the seasons of my soul? How do I worship God when I feel alone? How do I worship God when I've failed? How do I worship God when I am struggling, when I'm under pressure? How do I worship the God of all in all of life? And we're going to explore that together. It may not be easy, but it is beautiful. 
And in addition to just teaching about it, we're going to have opportunities, uh, different expressions of worship, different ways of gathering to pray, opportunities uh, to pray during our worship services and afterwards, and different prayer gatherings. We're going to have a, a kick it off with a guest worship leader who's going to uh, help us experience and uh, and teach us about these things. And it's just going to be, uh, there's a lot of things we're going to do and try because we desire to see our story and our lives intersect with God's story. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're launching out to. We're going to edify. We're going to glorify. We're going to see that our lives can display God's amazing grace through us by doing the good things that he prepared for us, and he will be glorified in that. So I want you to join us. Also, we want you to join us in person if you can. Online church has been great. Online has been a lifeline for many people, and it continues to be. And so we will continue to offer that. But for some people, it's just not, no longer necessary. We'd love for you to see us in person. Why? Because when we gather, it's more than just the sum of the parts. It's more than just having more people in the room. That God uses that when we gather together, again, to edify and to glorify. Picture this. And we're going to talk about two families, the Smiths and the Pauls. And I picked that intentionally because that's where this came from. But the Smiths haven't been to church in a long time, and they decide one Sunday to go. They show up. There's not a lot of people there. They were hoping to see the Paul family, who's not there. And they say, ah, lots changed. We don't know that many people. We're hoping to see the Pauls. Let's just go home. And they don't come back. And they tune in, and they stay a little bit connected, but they're not there. Then the very next week, though, the Paul family actually shows up to church. And the Pauls are there to worship, and they say, hey, where's the Smiths? We miss the Smiths. We haven't seen them in a long time. We'd love to worship with them. We'd love to check in with them. When we gather together, we don't just praise God. We don't just glorify God, but we build one another up. We edify one another. And when you go and you gather, it may not just be for you, but you might be there for someone else, to be a blessing to someone else. It's for God. It's for us, but it's, it's primarily for him. And, and we live out our stories, and we see his story, and we see how these things intersect. And we give hope to one another. And we, we push one another on to, to these good things that he's pre prepared for us. That's what God is launching us out to. And we're going to do it as we gather together. We're going to learn it, and then we're going to go out, and we're going to live it for his glory. Let us pray. Father God, you have given us every opportunity, every breath that we breathe. And right now, we acknowledge that we are launching into something that we believe is good because you're a good God. You are accomplishing your great purposes, and you've called us, your people, to be part of it, that our lives make sense, that our lives have purpose in light of it. And we desire to, to know that in more profound ways, in deeper ways, in meaningful ways. Lord, help us to learn and to grow as a community. Lord, we pray that others would join us. We pray that many would come along and learn this as well, that you would be glorified in all things, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.